Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, SSNC Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, or best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to see how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now. Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Hairston with SSC Blue Prism. Welcome to the Transform Now podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, Theo Bergtist, the co-founder and CEO of Turbotic, a Stockholm-based software company and a Blue Prism Technology Alliance partner. I will be talking with Theo about how Turbotic helps companies accelerate, scale, and optimize intelligent automation and AI. Welcome, Theo. Why don't you start us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Brad. It's really, really nice to be here, and thanks for hosting me. So what about me? I mean, I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started five companies. I've sold them all. One is actually listed at NASDAQ today. So the red thread here, I would say for all my companies, is some kind of a tech component, platform component. So I've been doing digital stuff for the past, I would say, 20 years. But actually, prior to starting Tubotic, I, I had an opportunity to head one of the Ericsson's transformation units. And Ericsson is a is a large telco. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. everyone knows about that. So we we and that is actually why the idea of Tubotic, uh, you know, started because we started with four people at Ericsson, and when I left, we were six hundred almost. So heading a, a wow. big transformation unit, combining a lot of different technologies, and ran into a lot of problems. So. So that kind of gave me idea to to start the company. Well, it's really great to have you here. I, it feels like such an appropriate time to have you on the podcast because the industry has matured to such a degree that there's an incredible need for orchestration, optimization, the number of technologies that work in the intelligent automation or AI space is enormous. So why don't you just tell us about the platform? I mean, what does Turbotic do? What is the value proposition to the marketplace? If we start kind of with with the problem statement, as you say, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of companies out there, they have invested quite much in RPA or in AI or in low code or, or other transformative technologies. And I think a lot of them have difficulties to scale. And one of the reasons for that is because of the transparency or they cannot measure the value realization part that they, they cannot have one tool to track end to end from idea to deployment to the value realization of it. So, and I've seen this over and over again, and I think a lot of companies, they have their homebrew system and they spend a lot of, mo- of, of money to stitching together Jira with Excel files and you name it. So even if they used uh, the RPA as good technologies and the robot is perfectly set up, etc., there is still a lot of component that is lacking. So. And that is kind of where we come into play because we we have a number of tech partners, as you said, Blueprint is one of them, where we actually connect with the with the data that is produced in the solution. And we combine that with project data and value data and performance data. So we kind of be an orchestration layer on top of that. And that I would say some only have one technologist, but I would say what we see more and more is to be really successful. And this was also one of the lessons learned at Ericsson, where we managed to take out a lot of, I mean, millions cost out, right? Was that 
it's not until you start combining vendors and technologies, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you combine like RPA with some low code, with some AI to stitch together more sophisticated use cases. Mm-hmm. That is when you really get, that's when you can really move the needle. So, so that is kind of what we do. We try to stitch together multi-vendor, multi-technology in our orchestration on top of these technologies. And is it your point of view that for companies to automate processes end-to-end, more often than not, they're going to need to leverage a lot of different technologies? I mean, RPA may only automate a portion of it, or a no-code tool may only automate a portion of it. But to do all those things in Symphony and do them well, that's where Turbotic can really play a role. Exactly. And I think if you look at it, it's kind of two paths here. One path is democratization. And I mean, let each and everyone have their own robots, so to say. The other one is to say, how do we digitize an end-to-end flow, order to cash or whatever, fulfillment or customer support? How do you digitalize that to, to the max? And I think RPA is a great tool doing that, but not the only tool. I think to... Yeah. Uh, to avoid too much human in the loop and to avoid too much, or actually to crack the most sophisticated use cases out there, you need mm-hmm. to combine technologies and vendors sometimes as well. Right, right. Theo, tell me about the team at Turbotic that came together to create this platform and, and tell me about their backgrounds. I'm interested to know about that. Yeah, so we we have a quite various backgrounds, right? But because what we started to say, let's build, let's address some of the hairiest problems, right? And let's try to build a platform to do that. So we put together a team of architects and end-to-end developers and, and a lot of good experience, especially into RPA, because I think that's where most companies today have most problem. It's not in low code, it's not in AI, it's in RPA to scale that, right? Right. So, so our team I mean, consists of a number of highly skilled individuals. We've handpicked most of them. We have a fairly big team in India because the, it's a great source of competence there, I would say. But we also work with people in Silicon Valley or elsewhere in the world as well. So we, I would say pretty much we work uh, in an extremely agile way, in a, in a gig economy set up. And we keep adding to that, even though we have, I would say, most of the architecture piece, we keep kind of close to our heart, I would say. Were most of your, the, the people in your original team, do they have a heavier intelligent automation background or more on the AI side? What, what did that yeah, look like? I would say maybe not so much on the AI. We are getting there now because the next step for us is to put intelligence into the system. But I would say first more RPA automation, mm-hmm. uh, transformation kind of experience. But then we also have... I would say more on the software development skills, because what we do, mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at the back end, I'm not sure how technical we should be here today, but if you look at the back end that we have built, it, it's extremely sophisticated, very much deep tech. And it needs right. to be that because we connect with vendors who are also very technical, like Blue Prism or you know, other vendors as well. So for us to really extract the value from those platforms, we need also to have a very robust platform ourselves. So, right. so I would say software development, deep, deep tech software development skills, that's really the core of our team. Theo, we talked about the ecosystem being pretty mature, pretty crowded, which is a huge understatement, obviously. How has Turbotic, at only two years old, been able to overcome this and get the attention of company leaders and win business? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good question, right? And I think we, it's an understatement to say that we have got a lot of support from the tech partners we have, uh, including Blueprints, obviously, because I think that they have also realized that even if, if their technology and platform is really good for the customers, it's not enough, right? There's a lot of companies out there who have 10, 15 robots or solutions but they cannot scale beyond that. And also that's what we hear from the enterprises that, hey, when we take out four people in finance, we have to add four people in IT operations. And that doesn't make sense. And that, so I think we, we get a lot of help, but also a lot of requests from pretty large customers. So in some cases, we actually, when we do POCs, for example, it's more like a research project. So they open up for us and we kind of joint develop some, some parts, even though we want to be as scalable as possible as well. But that's the... I think, as you say, it's very much an, being part of an ecosystem and acknowledge that and understand what value can we bring to the te- table, what value can the tech vendors bring to the table, and what value can can the customers produce in, in, in this ecosystem. That makes sense. Theo, what are some of the key benefits that your customers are realizing from using Turbotic? Two main things. One is the end-to-end kind of vehicle, you could say. If you look at most center excellences out there, most functions that that has the task of automating the company, they have a various or big portfolio of tools to do that. As I said, it could be Excel files. They can manage the pipeline in Excel or they can have Azure DevOps as a DevOps tool for the robots, whatever. But what we do is that we say, you can continue using them if you want to, but we produce a layer on top of everything. So you can follow everything. You can democratize the idea. You can build a kind of a standardized discovery project. You can make sure that you're compliant and secure when you build the robots, when you deploy them, you can track the performance. And then obviously you can measure the value of that. So that is the one dimension. And the good thing about that dimension is that you combine project data with the performance data of, for example, a robot. And we are, it's kind of unique. No one does that, right? Because you want to know, okay, good. It's a good project, makes sense. And we have a robot to produce according to, you know, SLA, very good. But what's the business impact of that? That is one dimension. The other dimension, which I think is maybe the strongest value proposition we have, and it's that we can lower the operational cost, right? Because we can monitor, we can help monitoring the performance of the robot. So we can, everything from error prediction, right? To scheduling, to optimize the the flows on, or the, the dynamic flows on how you orchestrate and how you schedule the robots. And we can do that in a multi-vendor landscape. So if you have more than one vendor, for example, we can make one big schedule of everything. And then we can just put our intelligence on top of that to say, just, you know, lean back in the chair and let us do the job. And when it fails, we let you know. So, so that I think has saved a lot of cost for our customers using the platform today. Okay. Let's talk about benefits tracking because that, yeah. that definitely seems to be an issue for most companies that are using automation. How, how do you see most companies doing that today? And then how do you help them bring some rigor to that. I'm really curious to know if you have any metrics, for example, that you know you provide to them that they can use or they can create their own. Yeah, it's also a good question. So my, my experience here is that most of the companies do it kind of 
on the fly a bit, right? They do estimates, right? And, mm-hmm. and if, if they are good, they put those estimates in a Tableau report and then they present it to the management and they say, we should be able to take out whatever cost or shortened lead time or whatever KPI you want to measure. And then they deploy the robot or the solution. And then they, based on that, say, now we have been running for six months. So therefore we should have done this. That's the most common, which I hear when I talk to customers out there. The way we do it is, a bit, uh, you know, I would say quite more sophisticated because we, everything starts with building a good discovery, right? So making sure that once you have done the, or the business case, whatever we want to call it, right? So you do a business case, order to cash, you know, make sense. Uh, this is the process steps. We think you can automate, you know, 80% of it. Mm-hmm. We think you should use these robots or whatever solutions to, to, to solve that. And that's the project data, right? So, so once you have that, you have an, an ROI, the investments, everything is attached to this. Then the C-suite decide we should do this. Let's build a robot and go forward with that. And then you build the robot and then start running it. So what we do here is that we, in the business case, we define pretty early then a number of KPIs. And we, I think we have like 30 pre pre-done uh, or pre-configured KPIs. You can tweak wow. them and you can twist them. You can bend them a bit. Uh, if you ask us, we can even do a new KPI. So we attach that KPI to the business case and the project data. And then once you deploy the robot, we attach that KPI to the performance of the robot and not the SLA performance, but the transactional performance. So we can actually right. measure in real time whatever KPI you have decided. So it's not always cost out, right? I mean, cost out seems a bit 2015, but there is also a lot of other things that you want to measure, right? The customer Mm -hmm. experience or throughput or whatever. So so that's a good thing that that we can do. And we can, I I haven't seen any other solution where you can actually do that in real time and where you combine the project data with the performance data in such a kind of sophisticated way. And I think it's only the beginning of, what we want to do, right? So, because we, next step for us would be that you set up a number of targets and then you calculate what you need to do in order to achieve them, so to say. Yeah, that's definitely impressive. Dio, when Turbotic comes into any large company today, clearly you, you find a pretty heterogeneous automation footprint. I think that's pretty clear. Talk about that and how you address that, it would seem that's going to be more and more common going forward. And curious about the way that Turbotic can really resonate with companies that are in that position. From one perspective, I think the RPA market is pretty set. I think we have the vendors and I think they are performing extremely well. We follow all of them and have good relationships with all of them. And I think they're coming out some really cool stuff from everyone with a, you know, twist and bends and angles, but I think, and what we can also see a lot of kind of what we have called the RPA vendors, they also move into more intelligent automation and add more, more applications around that. But what I do, so I, I think that what we have there, I think is, is pretty set, maybe some open source vendor or whatever can take part of that market. But what I do think is, and I mentioned this before, what I do think is that more and more companies will realize that to, to, to move the needle. And to scale, you have to accept the kind of a multi-vendor, multi-technology setup. And that is Mm -hmm. extremely complex. We are used to, if you look at IT operations, you're used to, okay, we have one source system, it's SAP. And then we have one sales system and that's Salesforce. And then we have Mm -hmm. one IT system, which is ServiceNow, right? And that, that, those three systems solve 
99% of all the problems, but that's not true. In tomorrow, there will be a, to- a new reality. A lot of technologies yeah. will solve a lot of different problems. But the good mm-hmm. thing there is that the more successful you are in managing all these different technologies and different vendors, the more complex use cases you can do. That's a great answer, Theo. And that's definitely the way we at Blue Prism are thinking about it as well. You're probably familiar with our robotic operating model, the, the ROM that we bring forward to our customers and, and to the market in general. Our latest version of that is coming out next month. And you won't be surprised, I'm sure, to hear that it's actually going to be agnostic to RPA technology because we believe strongly every company needs a strong, robust, robotic operating model to be able to really use this technology as a strategic capability. But not every company is going to be standardized on one RPA vendor or platform, just like not every company is going to be standardized on one IDP or one AI platform. Theo, maybe you could speak to when in the intelligent automation journey does Turbotic make sense for a company? When does it come into play? We do have a few customers who doesn't even have one robot. <laughs> they wow. just started, right? So they just want to say, hey, we want this. Before we start building, we want to have mm-hmm. kind of a, a digital center excellence. And they see yeah. our platform as part of that. So we do have a few of those. But I think the main chunk of our customers is enterprise grade or enterprise level customers. So big, fairly big enterprises who who done the first wave of automation, they want to move into, as you say, intelligent automation and, or they are a bit struggling to manage what they already have, right? They, they mm-hmm. want to, to have visibility or they want to measure the value of the robots right. or they want to not adding more people in IT operations, or they don't, they, maybe they have come to the conclusion that they should decentralize part of the, the scope. So, so they want to invite finance or they want to invite supply chain into the discussion. And those are the typical customers that, that we serve. So I would say, you know, 15, 20 robots and up to hundreds of robots, right? That makes perfect sense. We talked about benefits realization, benefits tracking. In many companies, what we see is the C-level doesn't have a full understanding or a full appreciation of the value being delivered by intelligent automation. How has Turbotic been able to address this? Yeah, I think we can do that by, by increasing the transparency, right? And showing the value. So we give the tool to the people actually working, the, the head of the automation or head of AI unit. We give them the tools to present to the C-suite. But I think it's kind of a joint effort here of the ecosystem, as you mentioned, to actually to build that kind of presence and that pressure. Because what I, what my experience here is at least that if you look at the C-suite level, they don't understand the potential of these technologies. And I think right. that's a big mistake. I mean, I've seen a number of fairly big, large-scale digital transformation focusing on agile ways of working or buying in a new SAP version, but don't realize the potential of these, I would say, quick moving or not quick fixes, but the technologies that can do a really good impact in a short time with low investment. And once, and the CIO that I have met who have realized this, they all double down. They all double down on automation because they can see that. So I think, yes, we can, as an orchestrator on top of the 
technology, so to say, I think we can help visualizing and we can, we can also help scaling because scaling is the biggest problem as the way I look at it today. You have a number of companies with the full potential is 10x what they have today, but they cannot scale beyond because they don't have any system keeping it together. Right, right. So Theo, one last question for you. What's next for Turbotic? How do you expect the product to evolve over time? I like the analogy of self-driving cars, and I think I mentioned that a few times in other ports, et cetera. But I, I think if, if you look at it, to be a bit philosophical here, but if you look at it 10, 15 years ago, uh, you had uh, cameras in the car, you had GPS in the car, you had uh, sensors in the car, but they were not self-driving, right? But now if you go to San Francisco, you can see the way more cars, they are self-driving. And the reason why they are self-driving is because they have been managing to collect all the data from these various technologies in the car and put intelligence on top of that, right? And I can see exactly the same thing is happening now in enterprises. You have a number of good technologies, but you cannot stitch them together. But once you stitch them together, they will produce a lot of data. And that data, if we can help the customers put intelligence on top of that, then we can create a self-driving company. It's a long journey to get there, but I think we have, we have proven actually already on only two years in, into the game that we have a number of use cases into the platform where we basically say, if you do this, press the green button and, and lean back and we will do the rest for you. That, that is pretty, pretty cool. But it requires a lot of research, a lot of technical skills and competence to do that. And obviously a lot of good relationships with our tech partners, because without them, we are we are nothing. We, you cannot right. orchestrate something which is not there. So, so a, a short answer to, to the question is to put in more intelligence into the system. That's what I believe is the roadmap going forward for us. I like it. I like it. Well, I said that was the last question, but I actually do have one more question for you, Theo, and it's a, it's a very serious one. Why is Sweden not in the World Cup next month? What happened? Can you explain that? It would include so many bad words, so I don't think you want to hear it. It's 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 a shame. It's a shame. We were even degraded, you know, even further down to the in the rankings. Believe me, as a USA soccer fan or football fan, I, I totally get it. Theo, it has been a privilege having you on today. I, I really appreciate you being here. Turbotic is such a compelling solution. The the combination of ideation and benefits realization and orchestration in one platform is really, really impressive. There's such a need for this type of capability in the market, and I think that will continue for years to come. So it's been great hearing all about it and great meeting you as well. And I wish you the very best. Thank you, Brad. And thanks for, for having me. Really, really fun discussion as well. Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now. For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, check out blueprism.com to learn how SSNC Blueprism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.